Carolina podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, let's get to um, let's get to our four stock up and four stock down, and then go watch some playoff baseball here, John. Four stock up, four stock down. The Texans beat the beat the Saints, I should say, twenty to thirteen today at NRG Stadium. The floor is yours, my friend. I'm going to start with a guy you pointed out last week that Pro Football Focus had graded as the number one linebacker in the NFL. Blake Cashman must have seen that, and he said, "I've got to keep that ranking." At 15 tackles, nine unassisted. Two tackles for loss. He and Shaquille Griffin made the biggest play. Fourth and a fourth and four, I believe it was a fourth and three or fourth and fourth four. Fourth and four. Fourth, fourth, fourth and four and on four. the second Alvin, and last drive. Alvin Kamara catches the pass, and they both stop him uh, one yard short to kill that drive. And I think on the other one at the end, when Stephen Nelson had the interception, he'd been out of. It would have been incomplete anyway. But I think Blake Cashman, who's making plays all over the field and uh, had a hit on a quarterback as well. He just looks outstanding in this defense. He was our post-game show guest today, John. Blake Cashman was. And I, we've, I you mentioned about six different things there that we asked him about. We asked him about the last – or the, the play, that fourth and four, that he and Shaquille – he really gave credit to Shaquille Griffin. because And Griffin did make the majority yes. of that tackle. And he gave credit to Shaquille Griffin. But he kind of took us through that play from his eyes because he was lined up over – over Alvin Kamara, but he was expecting a slant to Olave because that's what they ran earlier in the game. So he actually, to start that play, if you go back and watch, he actually took a step back into the slant window to take that away. And when that, he knew it was going to come out quickly. So when it didn't come out there, he knew it was going out to Kamara. And so he was, you're right. If it was just Cashman over there, he might've been a step late. They might've converted that first down. Thank God for Shaquille Griffin. But he took us through that play. I asked him about the pro football focus ranking too. I said, hey, I don't know if you pay attention to any of the nerd sites or if you've got friends in your inner circle that gas you up with things like this, but you were rated the number one linebacker in football through the first five games. <laughs> he was funny. He goes, yeah, I had heard something. I saw something on Twitter. People copy me on Twitter when stuff like that happens. He goes, you know, like the pro football focus stuff, like last year, I, I went to go see the grades for one of the games and they had me as the worst coverage linebacker in, in, the, in the league that week. And I'm like, I was playing all zone. Like they didn't know. Like I'm the worst coverage <laughs> linebacker. They just it just so happened that the easy throws were ones that landed in my zone, you know, something along those lines. So as you can imagine, he took that in stride. He's not buying into necessarily um PFF being the end all and be all. But he, to your point, he is very comfortable in this defense. And these guys, you can John, you can sense it from talking to Blake Cashman and other players. These guys will follow D'Amico Ryan's through the gates of hell if they have to. Absolutely. Yep. All right. My first one is going to be Nico Collins. And it's not the four catches for 80 yards. It's not the pass interference penalty that he drew to put them at the doorstep of what should have been seven more points. It ended up being three points. He may have had the biggest play of the game early in the game, John, when CJ Stroud <laughs> threw his first career interception and Nico Collins was able to force Zach Bond to fumble the football and Titus Howard fell on it and the Texans got the ball back and then immediately turned around and drove down the field and scored a touchdown, which I think said so much about C.J. Stroud, about these Texans. That sequence, John, of Nico Collins not giving up on a play, Titus Howard not giving up on a play, and getting the ball back, and then C.J. Stroud turning around and turning that into seven points, I think says everything about what this team has turned into this year so far. 
And so I'm going to make Nico Collins one of my stock up. He he had a, a a typically great statistical day like he's had several of this year so far. But that play to take C.J. Stroud's first career interception and actually flip it back into a positive, they got a first down out of the play, <laughs> um, was, uh, was one of the plays of the game. He averaged 20 yards of catch. He's already among the league leaders. He has been a – without a guy that's caught a pass and gone for a home run without breaking tackles and stuff, he's been tremendous on average per catch, average yards per catch. Yep, absolutely. He's been a chunk play machine this year, John. Who's your next stock up? Defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins. We never mentioned – we haven't mentioned him since he, he came in late or whatever it was. He's on non-football injury. I can't remember what the deal was. He had five unassisted tackles and 11-yard sack. He got some pressure, inside pressure, pressure, which is what they need. And uh, he had, I think, let's see, Grenard had three tackles for loss. He had one, but Sheldon Rankins, he played the best game he's played, and that helped stuff the running game and also limited Alvin Kamara, who is one of the best running dual threats in the NFL. Yeah. John, I, we were talking about this on the postgame show. Clint and I were. Their free agents that they brought in all showed up big today, like the veteran free agents they brought in this offseason. This isn't this, they were shopping in a different aisle this offseason in free agency than they'd been the last couple of years. And that's understandable. What what veteran with any semblance of Pro Bowl capability or upper tier capability would want to come to Houston to play for David Cully or Lovey Smith the last couple of years? I know a few did. But you look at offensively, Robert Woods and Dalton Schultz scored both the touchdowns today. They've been huge the last couple of weeks for this offense. And then defensively, what Jimmy Ward has meant to this defense and Sheldon Rankin showing up today. This was a this was a plus day for Nick Casario's free agency class this past offseason. It was. And and think about next offseason when they're going to have between 80 and 100 million to spend. And they'll be in a position right now, it looks like, where they'll be, they could have come off the playoff appearance, but they'll be closer to the playoff appearance, and Nick will be more inclined to spend bigger bucks on free agents plus reward his guys. But guys are going to want to come here. They're going to want to play for D'Amico. They're going to see the innovative things that Bobby Slowick does with today, like Xavier Hutchinson having him having him run twice on reverses was gained 15 yards. A little mm-hmm. things like that try to boost the running game. I think it's going to be a destination one year after people are thinking, why in the world would anybody in their right mind want to go to the Texans? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But you get the quarterback and the head coach right, and the uh, the world becomes the world becomes your uh, your oyster. John, my last one, and then I'm guessing this might lead into one of our stock downs in a way, uh, Devin Singletary was a much bigger part of the offense today, especially in the first half. When they were running the football well, it was Devin Singletary largely doing the running in the first half of this football game. Um, I wonder what this is going to look like moving forward. You know, Devin Singletary got no touches last week. The running game was abysmal. When Devin Singletary was getting touches this week, look, nobody was running the ball in the second half for the Houston Texans. The Saints did a good job of making some adjustments in the second half. But when this team had its best half of running the football all season long, it was Devin Singletary who was doing more of the damage, and he needs to be a bigger part of this run game, it would look like. And credit to D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Sloak for figuring out maybe he should have gotten some touches last week against the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe they win the football game last week if uh, Devin Singletary gets a few touches. So he is my and our last stock up. I think they'll work hard when they come out of the bye week on what they're going to do about the running game. And uh, Singletary, obviously, after the performance today, 
is going to get it more. Mike Boone had an 11-yard run. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of really good blocking going on today. I saw Dalton Schultz make a block on an inside play. I did too. Yeah, I saw across from left to right. Yep. Yep. Brevin Jordan knocked a guy, buried him, buried his you-know-what in the dirt, fell on top of him. Uh, Noah Brown had a big block. I love the way the tight ends, some of the tight ends, and even Dalton Schultz makes an effort. He's just not real good at it. Right. But uh, those guys – Besides the line, they're, they're blocking their butts off now. And the sack that uh, one of the sacks that was the only one that was off the line, the console and back both missed Randerson on his side. First sack, of course, describes Falk. He just thrown it away. And so he went almost 15 quarters back in sack. And then only one was Falk with somebody besides Strauss. So that goes very well for their protection. Now they just got to get the run blocking in concert with the bats.